Javier Chicharito Hernández va por su hat-trick. ¡Chicharo! ¡Ah, oh, no lo puedo creer! ¡No lo puedo creer! ¡Qué demonios! ¡Pide perdón a lo Panenka en un partido 2 por 2 Football America is live and underway here on ESPN Plus alongside my good buddy Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us and great to be working, Herc, on this Labor Day, bringing the show to the people that they yeah. want to see. How Thanks you doing for dressing up. I'm doing well. Thank you for dressing up, Seb. Yes. Yeah, you don't like my ESPN? This is what they give us at the Little League World Series to wear every day. So you can you can tell I'm still a little bit in uh, Little League World Series mode here <laughs> in Washington, D.C. Speaking of the nation's capital, we got a one-on-one -on -one coming up in this show with Lindsey Horan. The U.S. women's national team will be playing against Nigeria for the second time uh, in the last few days tomorrow. That game on ESPN2. Uh, speaking of the women's game, Copa Angelina about to go down a little bit later tonight between Angel City and the Mexican women's national team. Julie Ehrman who's one of the co-founders of Angel City, going to join us to talk about that. I'm sure you saw this, Hercules Gomez, one of your favorite players in the U.S. pool, Eunice Musa, balling out in La Liga for Valencia. So we will discuss oh. that and discuss who is in the stands to watch him play. And, of course, we've got the Open Cup final between Orlando and Sacramento to preview that one Wednesday on ESPN+. Plus. We will hear from both sides uh, of the Open Cup final. But, Herc, we got to start with a crazy Crazy day for Javier Chicharito Hernandez. So he scored twice for the LA Galaxy uh, in their game against Sporting Kansas City on Sunday. And his first goal, Herc, was historic. It was his 200th at club level. Think about all the different clubs he's represented over his career. Real Madrid, Manchester United, Bayer Leverkusen, West Ham, Sevilla, Chivas. Did I miss anybody in there? Nope. So that's the good. That's the good news for Javier Chicharito Hernandez. He scored twice. Uh, the bad news came a little bit later in this game because after he hit 201, he had a chance to go to 202 with a Panenka late in the match. The game tied at two, needs a win as the LA Galaxy chase the playoffs. Not only does he miss it, he misses it a la Panenka. Here's what he had to say afterwards. Jeez, sorry, it's pretty obvious. We have one clear chance to three points we couldn't and yeah taking responsibility I'm sorry and damn it I keep working very hard two weeks ago the penalty the Panenka worked pretty well now this time it didn't work and yeah I need to look forward take responsibility and keep improving keep working all right Hercules Gomez galaxy legend are you cool with Chicharito taking the Panenka in this situation I'm not cool with it um is disappointing. It was embarrassing. Uh, it was selfish of Javier Hernandez. And quite frankly, mm. it could cost him a postseason. Javier was brought here for one thing and one thing only, okay? In Javier's eyes, because that's what he said. It wasn't selling jerseys. It wasn't the goals. It was winning a championship. Listen to me. No team has ever won a championship without getting to the postseason. The LA Galaxy have made it once in the last six years. Last year, he ended up scoring a double, and it was that. Or I also saw a lake handball, that phantom handball in Kansas City that wasn't called, and they ended up missing out, okay? This season, right now, at this very moment, they are on the outside looking in. I know a game in hand. I know probably a couple games, but whatever you want. Right now, on the outside looking in. It's selfish. You're Javier Hernandez, okay? Mm. You don't have a good track record to begin with when it comes to penalty kicks. I believe this was four out of eight. Four made out of eight possible in Major League Soccer. That's an abysmal, that's a very poor record. All you have to do, sitting on two goals right now, hit it. If you miss, you miss. But you can't do this. Sobrado is the word in Spanish. It's the phrase. Yeah. It, it's selfish, it's embarrassing, and it could cost the galaxy. Mm, mm. So it sounds like you think he misses this almost out of arrogance, out of not respecting the situation. I think he just genuinely choked. You've been, so you've been in these situations, right? After the, after the game, you heard him talking about it. He, he talked about, oh, well, a couple weeks ago against Vancouver, I tried one and it worked. 
I think even more in his head than that was the fact that not eight minutes prior, Herc, he had taken a penalty against the same goalie. Like, does that mess with you as a shooter? Is that why he's even going to the place the where side, he's trying a Panenka If that's here? what you want. But you saw the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper read him like a book. He just stood there. He was waiting. Why? Because a few weeks ago, a few games back, you tried the exact same thing. Okay, mm -hmm. we have video review. We have players who study tape, who study film. You're Javier Hernandez. If you're nervous, if you played at Manchester United, Real Madrid, mm -hmm. and you're nervous for this versus Sporting Kansas City, that's fine. Hit it as hard as you can. If you miss, nobody's going to say a damn thing. You're Javier mm -hmm. Hernandez. You've already made two. But when you do this, it's high risk, no reward. Because if you yep. make it, you're supposed to make it. If you miss it that way, you're the idiot. And that's what people are going to think. <laughs> it, it, it's it's It's... Troubling and it hurts because I've defended Javier Hernandez tooth mm -hmm. and nail all season. How he just needs to eat. He will eat if you fuck if you if you provide something. If you provide service, that's what you need to do. But he didn't do that. The one opportunity he really had, all you had to do is hit it. You miss, you miss, and he didn't. Yeah. At least I'll give him this. He's owning it, right? He's been like very public, speaking after the game, coming out on social media. He's owning it. It does erase the headline, Herc, which, by the way, is that he would have had a hat trick. He at least had two goals. He's over 200. He's got 14 now for the season. And at a time when other options for Mexico, and again, I will keep bringing this up, are not scoring, guys like Raul Jimenez, the, the discussion now should be, hey, Chicharito's heating up. Instead, it's what you heard in the soundbite off the top of this show. They're laughing at him down in Mexico. They are laughing at him. They are calling him egotistical. I've heard pundits say this is exactly who he is, summed up mm. in one game. The brilliance of Javier Hernandez with everything that is ludicrous about him, the size show. It, you, you said it yourself. And what should have been a celebration over 200 goals, a celebration mm -hmm. of a player doing this with this Galaxy team, because it's not like they generate or have generated a lot of chances for him. In the playoff hunt, they would have had two more points. Everything was set up right there, right for him, and it went to waste. And it didn't go to waste because it's lack of talent or ability, mm -hmm. but it was judgment, and that's the worst part. Yep, and at the end of the day, it's what it could cost the team. As you mentioned, the LA Galaxy very much in a dogfight for one of those playoff spots out in the Western Conference, and right now, right now below the line. So, so those two points, those points dropped, could loom large. All right, let's check out the rest of the weekend, Herc, with the good, the bad, and the ugly from around Major League Soccer. We'll start up north, the Canadian Classique, or as we uh, called it in our production meeting, the Classiqua. Montreal scoring not one, not two, not three, but four unanswered goals, Herc, in a 4-3 win over Toronto FC. TFC actually went up 2-0. Herc, you played in this rivalry. It's a special one, isn't it? It is really special. I played a couple times in this rivalry, and just the fans make it special. The atmosphere is electric. It's very European-like. This is a ridiculous golazo right here. Give it to the Italians, Toronto. It's 2-0. You're at home. You should win this, uh, but you don't. You end up going unanswered four straight goals. That's the first one right there. It's Kamar Miller. But then Jordi Mihalovic comes up with the laser. It's just one after the other, and emotions take place. And Toronto just folded. It's, it's yep. Montreal feeling disrespected by all the comments about the Italian players on Toronto. How are you going to stop these players? Everything was on Toronto. They said it themselves. They felt disrespected. Kai Kamara scores his like 300th goal in Major League Soccer. He's 47 <laughs> years old, still doing it. It was just one after the other. They had a point to prove, and they proved it. Yep. A quick note on the Italians. Bernadeschi with a goal. Lorenzo Insigne with a two for Toronto. FC as he ends up adding one late. Toronto now... 10th in the Eastern Conference. So for all this great play, all these goals, all the firepower, they're still well below that playoff line. Some time to make it up, but uh, right now they're below it. You know who's way above it? Montreal right now. Second in the Eastern Conference. Dare I say a comfortable second. Supporter Shields. All right, Herc, the bad. Not just Chicharito, a lot of stars missing penalties uh, this weekend. Who else do we want to highlight here? Carlitos Vela. Yeah, you've got Carlitos Vela, uh, who missed. They were already up 2-0. You would have banked on him. This would have been his ninth goal. Uh, he added an assist. You had Benteke on his debut. William wow. Yarbrough, by the way, his first save in a penalty kick in 12 attempts. So uh, he's definitely been beatable from the spot. Benteke couldn't do it. 0-0 tie in the end. Nicolás Lodero, this one hurt. This was Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect from the spot. He's now 18 for 19. The first time we've ever seen Nicolás Lodero miss this. And then, well, 
We've already seen Javier Hernandez uh, with the Panenka, but it wasn't just the missed penalty kicks. It was the stars, Sebi. The stars missing them. Mm. Yes, Penteke, man, as a DC guy, I'm sorry. Wins do not come easy for that group, and they had one there at the penalty spot. Second half against Colorado. Looked like there were uh, three points there for the taking, but uh, Chicharito, Penteke, all those guys missing from the spot. The ugly. Drew Yearwood of the New York Red Bulls kicking a ball into his own stands, Herc, and uh, getting the red card for it. Wild scenes here. Yeah, can I be honest here? I feel for Drew, Drew Yearwood. He goes and tries to apologize. This fan, I... I <laughs> All right, dude, like, relax a second. She got hit. I'm so sorry she got hit. It's terrible. Maybe he's trying to defend his woman, but the fan was a little much as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, Yearwood, very apologetic on social media afterwards. Uh, reminder, a little bit of uh, Kaku back in the day. He got two games for kicking a ball uh, into the stands. Maybe some frustration for the New York Red Bulls. They end up losing the match on Saturday against Philadelphia by a final score of 2-0. Somewhere in there, there's a joke that uh -oh. there were actually fans at Red Bull Arena to I hit I stayed her. away from it. I stayed away from that joke because that type of joke is just, you know, so metro. Uh, you know, in my DC United loving ways, I couldn't stay away. Speaking of not being able to stay away, don't stay away from this. MLS, big game, Seattle against Austin. Desperation times for the Seattle Sounders. That one on ESPN Plus Saturday. Do not miss it. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Our first guest on tonight's edition of Football Americas is Julie Ehrman. She's the co-founder and president of Angel City FC, and she joins us in the immediate build-up to the first ever Copa Angelina, which of course will feature Angel City against the Mexican women's national team. Julie, great to have you with us here on the show. Welcome to Football Americas. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here on this special day. All right, so let's get into the why here uh, behind this game. I'll note it's not the first time that you've dabbled in the Mexican market. Y'all played against uh, Tigres back in August. So what's the idea behind Copa Angelina? What are your goals with this project? We just wanted to put Angel City on the global stage of football. We wanted to show that any type of game is possible. We wanted to bring communities together, especially the Mexican community here in Los Angeles, and thought it would be an incredible opportunity for this team, our first year, to play the Mexican female national team here in Los Angeles. You know, Seb, I'm reading the press release right now, and it says this is a part of an ongoing relationship. So it's got me thinking, what's next for Angel City and the Mexican national team or the Mexican Federation? Well, it's a multi-year partnership, so we're going to have games for years to come. But the idea is that the tournament could grow. We could invite others into the competition. I mean, this is the first time a professional team has played a national team. So I imagine we'll come up with some other firsts during the years of this partnership. Are we talking about maybe a Mexican national team signing in the future? You know, it, the uh, season's almost over, so we've got a lot to think about going into 23. Oh, look at that tease right there. We've seen it work for MLS teams, right, with Chicharito and Carlos Vela. Maybe we'll see it with the uh, NWSL as well. Look, i got to ask you about this season for Angel City. Uh, what has been the secret? I think we thought there would be a lot of success, but to see you guys actually bring it to fruition. I know we got a big part of our production team that are Angel City fans. Like, what's working for y'all here so well in year one? 
it's really about hard work and grit. I mean, this team has come together to prove something really special. They recognize that Angel City is more than just a football club. We want to have a significant impact in the community, drive purpose for those who are partnering with us. And they show that on and off the pitch. They did not want to be an expansion team that didn't show up. They wanted to tell a different story, to write their own storybook ending. And uh, we did that in our first game. And we're on the cusp of playoffs. And they're not going to quit until we make the playoffs. And then, uh, then we'll have some new goals ahead of us. Well, in that playoff pursuit comes San Diego, September 17th. Already 27,000 tickets sold. Blows my mind. Is this a rivalry with San Diego? We both first-year franchises have had a lot of success, but can we call this an official rivalry? Oh, absolutely. We sold out our game when San Diego came and played here. They're selling out their game because their fans want to see Angel City Football Club down in San Diego. <laughs> um, this is going to be really exciting. You're going to have Alex Morgan playing. You're going to have our entire starting 11 playing. Uh, we're two teams in California, but I can tell you uh, we're the best and we want to continue to be. There's obviously been a, a huge response to that game. I'm wondering about the response to the Copa Angelina, not just in terms of ticket sales, but kind of corporate sponsorship, response from within the game. What are people saying about this? Because as you pointed out, we don't often get to see a club team against an international team. No, I mean, the results are incredible. We've sold over 20,000 seats for this game. We have the highest number of single-game tickets for this, which is showing that we're bringing in a new audience that can not only celebrate the Mexican women's national team, but also get to learn and get excited about Angel City Football Club, who's in their backyard. Um, our Fan Fest is going on right now. That's got thousands of people coming together because really it's about building community, bringing this diverse community together for something that they love, which is women's football. And women's football delivers on the pitch. It delivers for our sponsors. Cedar Sinai is our incredible sponsor of the match today. Uh, and we're excited to have this on, on TuneIn and on Univision so that everybody can watch. Julie Ehrman, the co-founder and president of Angel City FC. Go enjoy that fan fest. Thanks for the time here on Football Americas. Thanks, Julie. Will do. Thanks for having me. All right, Herc, more women's soccer news. Speaking of the Mexican women's national team, they may have a new coach. FMF reportedly very close to a deal with Spaniard Pedro Lopez. He's 43 years old, and he just led Spain to the under-20 World Cup title in Costa Rica over the summer, so he's got a nice resume. He's, of course, uh, slated to replace Monica Vergara. He's fired after the qualifying failure. Also confirmed, uh, Andrea Rodaba is the general director of the Mexican women's national team. What about the United States? They faced off against Nigeria Saturday in Kansas City for the first of two, 14 minutes in. Sophia Smith opened the scoring. And then in the 25th minute, her Lindsay Horan did this. Oh, that was so dirty. The little drag with the right foot. Look at that. Defender just completely beat, then tucks it in. Two nothing at that point, late in the first half. Sophia Smith again, three nothing. Sophia Smith double. Into the second half. Penalty here. It's Mallory Pugh taken down. Did they get it right, Herc? Ah, legs got tangled. It looks soft, but legs got tangled. Alex Morgan in the spot. Alex Morgan steps up, and she makes it 4 nothing as the U.S. women's national team wins comfortably over Nigeria. For those keeping track at home, that's the 70th straight game that the U.S. has gone unbeaten on home soil. And speaking of crazy stats, how about this? On Saturday, the U.S. used the same lineup in consecutive matches for the first time since the last World Cup. Crazy. Lindsey Horan, she was in that lineup, and with the U.S. in Washington over the weekend, I had the chance to speak with Lindsey yesterday. Our next guest on Football Americas, Lindsay Horan. She wears the number 10 for the U.S. women's national team, fresh off winning a Champions League title as well with Lyon in France. Lindsay, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Uh, thank you for having me again. Right, Lindsay, last time we had you on the show, we had an award for you. You were U.S. Soccer's Player of the Year. No award tonight, but we can look back at your goal on Saturday against Nigeria, won a four in a four-nothing win. Walk us through it, because as we would say on this show, it was a very well-taken goal there in the 25th minute. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think uh, it was bobbled around for a while until it actually got to me from, from Soph. I think she did a good job there. Um, but yeah, I saw the defender coming in, and I thought I would try to try to bring it back on my left my left foot, which I normally don't do, and I, I tried it out this game, and it worked, so... <laughs> 
might, I might become a 1v1 uh, dribbler, which my boyfriend says I'm not, so. <laughs> and overall then, how would you rate the performance against Nigeria and Kansas City? Yeah, I think it was good. Obviously, you know, we're going into the World Cup year and each game um, we play in, each camp that we're in is, is so, so very important. Um, I think, you know, coming off a 4-0 win is, is, is great, but the way that we played, especially in the first half, I think, you know, showed a little bit more of our class, like a little bit more patience in the way we moved the ball. Obviously, I think towards the end of the game, we could have been a little bit better and limited their chances. But again, we build off of it. We learn. Uh, we have another game here. And and then players got to go back to the NWSL and I'm, I'm off. <laughs> Lindsay, let's talk CONCACAF W Championship because it was the first major tournament for a large chunk of the squad. In fact, there's not a lot of players on the team now that were around when y'all won it all back in 2019. I wonder just how big was the victory winning that tournament for this group, given the fact that they haven't maybe had that experience of lifting a major trophy? Um, I think it was huge. <clears throat> Obviously, like you said, we have so many new players, so many new faces, um, you know, trying to change a little bit of our culture, the way we play, um, everything that's going into it. And I think each game was different in qualifying and difficult in their own ways. I think obviously the last game against Canada is always, is gonna be the, is gonna be the hardest and, and for me, the most fun, um, you know, playing against a quality team and obviously they won the Olympics and, you know, not much so like revenge. It was more so, you know, we just wanna win. We wanna win every single, every single game we play, every single tournament we play in. And, and that was most important for us, but playing the way that we wanted to as well. So I think that was big. I think that was, you know, impactful for us moving into this, this year. Okay, I know you said it wasn't revenge there, but just how important was it to beat Canada, especially given all the success that they had at the Olympics? I think, I mean, you can ask any of us or ask any of the, the Canada players, that's always, you know, going to be a rival game and it's always going to be a huge game and you want to beat them as bad as you possibly can. Um, but again, I think for us, it was just like, we want to play the way that we want to play and insert us there and actually like go out with a bang. And especially with that, you know, long trip um, as well. Again, I don't think we were thinking as much about the Olympics, but more so just, we always want to beat Canada and we always want to win. So we, we just reiterate that. During the CONCACAF W Championships, we heard from your manager, Vladko Ananovsky, said you weren't World Cup ready just yet, but you would be come the summer of 2023. Just how far is this team, do you think, from being ready for the next World Cup? Yeah, I think, like I said before, you know, we, I don't know exactly how many camps we have before the World Cup, but each camp is, you know, we have to do everything we possibly can to make ourselves ready if we're going to go play the World Cup tomorrow. Um, and that means every training session, every meeting, every every game, we're full focus and, and we're focused on this team and, and what we're doing to prepare ourselves for the World Cup. And I think the more and more we're together and the more and more we emphasize that, we know that, you know, it's getting down to the wire and this year is going to go by very quickly leading up to the World Cup. So we need to be ready at all times and each game that we play, it's like we're playing a World Cup game. And I think that's the most important for us and, and we're building off of every single one and, and hopefully getting better in the process. Of course, when it comes to the World Cup, Lindsay, you guys are the defending champions, but I'm sure you're looking around, seeing at the other teams that could be a threat. I wonder how much of the European championships you watched this summer and what you thought of the level, especially from the teams that were left at the end of that tournament. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Again, um, congrats to England for, for their win and, and at home as well. It has to be you know, such an incredible feeling for them. I think they're obviously going to be a powerhouse. They always are. Um, you know, you see teams like France and Spain, the way they play, <clears throat> honestly, all teams in the Euros, you know, they brought something different and you can see the women's game growing. So it's like, you know, who's really like the top, you know, five to 10 teams now. It's, it's incredible. You can't just like pick them out as easily as you could before. So I don't think I can just say, you know, the France, Germany's, England's as much as I used to, you know, there's so many teams now that can actually present a threat and, and you have to be ready for it. I think you know that's why these games that we have now or even in CONCACAF they're so important for us because you know it's we we can learn off of them and we can build off of those to that end Lindsay let's talk a little bit about your role in this team usually when we talk about your role it's more is she a six is she an eight is she a ten 
but I'm thinking here off the field. Uh, what is your role with this group? You know, we know that they're kind of veteran players, Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, just to name a few, uh, who are there for their leadership. But do you feel like this is now finally your team? Um, well, I'll never say that, but I do think I've stepped into a, a greater role um, as a leader on this team. And, you know, obviously we have those players that we still, you know, look to in, in certain situations. And I think P and, and Becky and Kelly and Alex are so great, uh, great in that bringing that experience that they've always had and also taking us under their wing and, and helping us prepare for, you know, cycles to come where, you know, we're in that role and we're the leaders on the team and, and people are obviously gonna look to us. Um, so I think that's huge. Um, and it's been a cool mix, you know, now in qualifying and, and here because we have to actually start stepping into those roles. And I think we can help the younger generation coming up too. So that's, you know, super exciting for, for us and, and for me, you know, on the field, off the field. All right, let's focus in a little bit on your club situation. Of course, you make the move to Lyon mid-season, come out with a Champions League title for your efforts. Walk us through the decision, just kind of what led you to the move to head back over to Europe? Yeah, uh, best decision ever. Um, honestly, you know, the first time I went to PSG, I could, I, I didn't win a thing. And I would tell you right now that that was the best decision I made because you know, what it prepared me for, the experience I got for three and a half years at PSG and the football it, it turned me into, you know, it was it was so incredible. And now, you know, fast forward to going to Lyon, it's, it's such a different experience at a different age, um, you know, with me playing at a different level. And, you know, it turned out amazing to start. You know, you, I go and win two trophies with Lyon and obviously it came, you know, mid-season. So it feels a little bit, different and, and weird, but I think I was able to help impact the team um, more than I, I thought I could um, coming in mid-season and, and it was a dream come true. You know, I've, I've dreamt of winning the Champions League all my life and yeah, it's, it's just surreal. It's still, still, you know, gives me goosebumps thinking about um, being able to lift that trophy at the end of the year. So. Of course, one of the great players you play with at Lyon, also your teammate with the U.S. Women's National Team, Katarina Macario. You got to see her up close and personal in her development. Obviously, uh, she's hurt now, but what do you think of her as a player and her future with the national team? No, it's huge. Um, I think Kat is you know, very different than any of the forwards that we have here with the national team. She brings something different every single day. Um, also, she's got that little Brazilian flair in her as, as well, super chill and you know, great personality to have around. Um, and I, I really enjoy you know, having her at Leon as well. Um, you know, it's good for me, it's good for her. I hope I can help her learn, but um, it's also nice being able to play with someone that you're gonna play with with your national team. Um, that helps the chemistry and everything. And, you know, I think she's doing great in her rehab as well. So, you know, positive, positive vibes for her because we need her and, uh, you know, for both Leon and, and the national team. Lindsay, I can hear it in your voice as you talk about winning the Champions League. Is that now kind of the pinnacle, the accepted pinnacle among players for the top of the women's game. I feel like for a while it was the NWSL, maybe winning an NWSL championship. Do you think now the Champions League is really the pinnacle of the women's club game? Me personally, yeah. I think, you know, obviously playing in Europe, it's different. Like you play in the NWSL, you can't go out and win a Champions League. It's just different. Um, so. I don't like comparing, you know, an NWSL trophy to Champions League because I just don't think it's fair. Um, but you know, in Europe, you're playing against all the best, all the best clubs in Europe, and that's what makes the trophy, you know, so incredible. And I think I said this after the Champions League final. It's like I grew up watching, you know, men's Champions League. And I wasn't able to watch women's Champions League, but that was always the pinnacle of club. Like sometimes it's it's even like overweighing the the World Cup for men. You know, it's you're you're there day in day out with your club team, so this means so so much to them. Um, so I think for now, you know, being in it and and playing with Lyon and and winning a Champions League, it's that was everything. I couldn't stop crying after the game. Cause I like I've wanted it so so bad, and all these girls that have won it like five times are like, <laughs> look at this girl bawling her eyes out. But no, nah, it's it's true. It's it's you know it's a dream. Always great to talk to Lindsay Haran, who with her goal on Saturday has now scored in each of the last eight calendar years. She is the only player in the U.S. Women's National Team pool 
and claim that. How about that? Some proof of longevity right there. And she's only 28 years old. So Lindsey Horan still very much in her prime. Maybe we'll see her on Tuesday as it's USA against Nigeria. Round two from Audi Field in Washington, D.C. Jen Hildreth and Julie Foudy on the call. That's Tuesday tomorrow on ESPN2. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Sacramento Republic, the last two teams remaining in the 2022 U.S. Open Cup, the final to be played Wednesday in Orlando in front of a full house in a game you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. Thrilled now to welcome into Football America as the head coach for Sacramento Republic, Mark Briggs. Mark, great to have you here on the show. Thanks for joining us. I know it's a very busy week for you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, always watch the show and it's a pleasure for you to speak to you guys. All right, so uh, let's get into the mood of the team a little bit here. Of course, you've got the Open Cup final uh, on Wednesday, just a massive opportunity, but it's wedged into a very important part of your schedule in the USL. You just had a game against Louisville over the weekend, lost that one 3-1. to one. So how's the team feeling right now ahead of this huge game? We're in good spirits. The guys are, uh, the guys are in good spirits. The guys are feeling good. Uh, the atmosphere around, around the camp um is obviously of excitement and the guys are relaxed and just ready to ready to go into Wednesday and then obviously finish off the season on a positive note after that. Hey Mark, you know sometimes I watch the CONCACAF Champions League and I see Major League Soccer teams get a little help from MLS. They give them the weekend off and I mean USL did you guys no favors. They sent you to Louisville. Do you sometimes wish maybe they would have given you that favor a little bit more help because Orlando didn't play uh, during this weekend. So they're going to be good and rested for a home game, a home final. Yeah, well, we can sit here and, and you know, talk about and complain about the, uh, the situation that faces us. 
but one of the things we talk about as a group, he said, never having any excuses and having no regrets. So we don't have any excuses. It, it's enabled us to be on the East Coast for a longer period of time to get climatized um, to the humidity, to the temperatures. So uh, we're looking at it in a positive manner. Wasn't the result we wanted at the weekend, but um, the guys are able to be prepared and ready for what they'll face um, down in Orlando Wednesday. Mark, let's dive into the matchup a little bit against Orlando City. I mean, how big is the gap between the two teams and how do you guys pull this off? Yeah, I think it's a monumental gap, right? The the um, They've just um, beaten the CONCACAF champions in Seattle. Um, they're on a little unbeaten run at the moment. Uh, they're one of the informed teams um, in MLS. Um, but we, we, we're coming here with nothing to lose. The guys, the guys know what the tactical setup is. Um, the guys have just got to go out there and play with, play without fear and play with some courage um, and stick together. Um, and that's what we've done so far through the tournament and it'll be no different in the final. We have players that can win games, uh, which we've showed on our run through the tournament. So we're here, we're here in a final because we deserve to be and we're here in Orlando to win a cup. Mark, what would this mean to you to see Sacramento Republic win the U.S. Open Cup final, which would give you a Champions League, a CONCACAF Champions League spot in representation? What would that mean to you to see not only you guys lift the title, but to be in the CONCACAF Champions League? Yeah, I'm going to have to give you the old uh, coach's answer here. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we can't get ahead of ourselves. We, we, can't think, uh, we can't think about that. Yes, it'll be nice, but that's for other people to talk about. Um, we've got it. We've got a monumental challenge on Wednesday, um, a massive task ahead of us, and we've we've got to make sure we're present, we're focused, and uh, we understand um, how to execute a plan that we think can can give us that what you're talking about. Mark, what would it mean to the franchise and to the city of Sacramento to to live this title? Obviously, you guys have a. You have a following there in Sacramento, but I imagine something like this could kind of blow the glass ceiling off that, right? It, it could maybe make everybody in Sacramento that wasn't aware of what Sacramento Republic is doing aware of all the success that you guys having. It feels like a real huge opportunity locally as well. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, um, I think, look, we, We've we faced some difficult news over the last two years, the last 18 months. Um, and I think for this cup runners, um, I guess, ignited that flame again in the city within our fan base. Um, and everybody's got behind the team again, got behind our city. Um, so let's see what happens and let's um, keep that city behind us. But it'll, it would just be... Um, just be an unbelievable achievement for the club, the city, everybody involved. Mark, anytime we have somebody from USL on, I, I have to ask about promotion relegation. Uh, your background's especially interesting to me. Being from England, you know, you, you made a living kind of up and down the ladder throughout your career. Do you think promotion and relegation would be ultimately like beneficial to soccer in this country? Yeah, I do. I think it would add it would add that bit of excitement. Um, it would add add even more interest in a game that's already growing tremendously um, on a yearly basis. But it, it just makes it makes every single game you play in it matters. Every single game matters. Um, there's added pressures to that, and you know it gets people excited. It's kind of a little bit similar to to our story in the Open Cup. Smaller teams have the opportunity to progress through the levels and showcase themselves on different levels if things fall into place. So I think that would the American um, community, the American people could, can get behind that. It's why we love the Open Cup. Mark Briggs, thanks so much and uh, good luck Wednesday against Orlando. Great to have you here on Football Americas. Thank you, guys. Just appreciate the time. There he is, Mark Briggs, the head coach for Sacramento Republic. Again, in the Open Cup final out of USL. It's been a while since uh, we had a non-MLS team make the final. It was back in 2008, the Charleston Battery losing to DC United. Of course, everybody remembers the 1999 Rochester Raging Rhinos, the last non-MLS team to win Love it all. Uh, they did so beating the Colorado Rapids in that final two to nothing. All right, what about the other side of the final? It is Orlando City, as uh, we mentioned there. They last played last Wednesday, a 3-2 victory 
over Seattle. So it's a team that's coming in red hot, four wins in a row as they get set to play host to the Open Cup Final, which will be held at a sold-out Exploria Stadium. They are expecting well over the 25,000 capacity on Wednesday night in Orlando for the U.S. Open Cup Final between Orlando City and Sacramento Republic. Our next guest here on Football Americas, Facundo Torres, a Uruguayan international who plays for Orlando City, who of course will be facing off on Wednesday night against Sacramento Republic in the U.S. Open Cup Final. Facundo, bienvenido a Football Americas. Un placer tenerte aquí con nosotros. Muchas gracias, muchas gracias a ustedes por, por la oportunidad. All right, so as we do here on this show, I'll uh, ask the questions in English. Herc, you'll help me out with a quick translation to Spanish. After we hear the response from Facundo, I'll do my best to uh, translate it back in English. Herc, let's just get a sense of where he feels the team is right now, the fifth place in the Eastern Conference, but of course with the Open Cup final looming on Wednesday night against Sacramento. Facu, platícanos un poco de Orlando City, ese torneo quinto lugar en la conferencia, pero por cierto, van a jugar una final de la Copa Abierta eh, esta semana. ¿Dónde, ¿Dónde están ustedes? Bien, bien, la verdad que venimos mejorando, eh, tanto en, en la US Open a, o como en la Liga. Eh, veníamos un poco teniendo algunas derrotas que, que no nos venían gustando mucho y por suerte estos últimos cuatro partidos hemos sacado cuatro victorias eh, muy importantes para nosotros, de visitante, tanto de visitante como de local. Este, y nada, muy cómodo nos, nos estamos sintiendo. So it says the team is feeling really good. They've been getting better, not just in Open Cup, but in league play as well. They were coming off a streak of defeats that hurt, but now they've won uh, four in a row, both home and away, so picking up some important victories there. Herc, they're the only team in MLS that can still claim a, a doblete, no? both the uh, league and cup titles. I wonder how he feels the uh, priorities are being divided this week because there's still not that tight playoff race in the Eastern Conference, but of course you got a chance to play for a trophy on Wednesday night. Increíblemente son el único, el único equipo de Major League Soccer que aún tiene la oportunidad de ganar un doblete, la Copa y Liga. Eh, queremos saber cómo se va a dividir las prioridades entre Copa y Liga. ¿Qué tan serio van a tomar ese encuentro esta semana? No, el encuentro de Copa, muy en serio. Eh, llegamos a la final. Eh, no, no son cosas que sean todos los días estar en una final. Eh, para nosotros es importantísimo y lo vamos a tomar así y nada, a la liga le estamos metiendo toda la fuerza posible para, para entrar en, en puesto de playoffs también. They're obviously going to take this game very seriously. It means a lot to this team. They've reached the final. They're going to give all they have to this right here in terms of the final, but also going to give all that they have to uh, the league, where the focus is very much to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Herc, they're playing Sacramento Republic. It's everybody's second favorite team, right? The team from the second division, the Cinderella. I wonder if they honestly feel the pressure of being the favorites here and realizing what a, I think for most people would say a fracaso, no, a failure it would be if they don't win the title against second division opposition. Obviamente están jugando contra el equipo de Sacramento Republic en ojos de muchos neutrales. Es el equipo favorito de ellos, el equipo a apoyar si no eres aficionado de Orlando City. Para ustedes, el equipo Major League Soccer enfrentando un equipo de segunda división, ¿se sienten obligados? ¿Sería un fracaso en levantar esta copa en casa? Eh, no, la verdad que nosotros nos sentimos muy bien. Eh como nosotros como equipo, pero sabemos que ellos por algo hoy por hoy están en la final, también eliminaron equipos de, de MLS y, y nada, lo tomamos con la seriedad de, del caso, sabemos que es una final, que no va a ser nada fácil y, y, y lo tomamos como, como eso, como que va a ser una final y no contra un equipo eh, que no es de MLS. Yeah, so he says they feel good about the game, but for something, this other team, Sacramento, has reached the final, even if they are a second division uh, squad. He said it's a final, so they know that it won't be easy, uh, despite the fact, again, that it is uh, Sacramento. Herc, let's talk about the Uruguay national team, which he is a part of, called into the, uh, the last call-ups for the September games, which we know are the last friendlies before the World Cup. I wonder just what it's like for him when he goes into training with guys like Luis Suarez, some of the, the biggest names in world football. Hay que hablar de la selección, obviamente fuiste parte del proceso de eliminatorias mundialistas. ¿Qué ha sido el proceso para ti de repente llegar al entrenamiento y ver figuras como Luis Suárez, Cavani, etcétera, ese tipo de jugador? No, sí, para mí es un sueño. Eh, 
que desde chiquito creo que cualquier futbolista sueña con eso, el, el mayor sueño que uno puede tener, jugar para la selección. A mí me tocó siendo muy joven y, y nada, lo traté de disfrutar y de aprovechar el máximo. Eh, y nada, así después tenés que llegar al entrenamiento y entrenar con, con figuras o ídolos que capaz que cuando yo era niño lo veía solo por la tele y un día para el otro eran mis compañeros. Este, y nada, traté de tomarlo con, con tranquilidad, con profesionalismo, este, pero también traté de disfrutarlos mucho. He said it's something that he dreamed about uh, from a kid. Then he gets to actually be at practice, you know, training against these stars, guys that he used to only see on TV. Tries to be calm uh, and be a professional, but also in the end, uh, enjoy what is training with his, his star teammates there on the Uruguayan national team. I wonder how he would compare the difference between the Uruguayan league, where he came from Peñarol and, and MLS, kind of what that difference in, in, in play is like, technically, tactically, all that. Facu, eh, ¿nos puedes explicar un poco de las diferencias entre la Liga Uruguaya cuando estabas en Peñarol a lo que estás viviendo en MLS eh, técnicamente, tácticamente, físicamente? ¿Qué son las diferencias? Yo para mí, la, las dos diferencias que he notado mucho más eh, es el ritmo que, 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 que se tiene acá en MLS. La verdad que es un ritmo tremendo que tenés que prepararte porque si no, eh, no te da. Eh, es un ritmo que se ataca continuamente, eh, nadie espera por nadie, eh, es defensa contra ataque todo el tiempo y no se para nunca. Este, y eso también, el, el tema de, de que se va una pelota afuera, ya hay otra, nadie está haciendo mucho tiempo. Eh, eso la verdad que, que ha cambiado mucho a lo que era la Liga de Uruguay. Interesting to hear him talk about it there. He talks a lot about the rhythm of MLS, that it's at an intensity that you really need to prepare for or else you'll be in trouble, you'll be left behind. He says it's always in a state of counterattack. It's almost like they don't stop. And uh, interesting to hear uh, there his comments on the differences between Uruguayan and, and, and Major League Soccer. Herc, uh, any final questions here for Facundo Torres before we let him go ahead of the Open Cup final on Wednesday against Sacramento Republic? I do. I have two very quickly. Dos preguntas muy rápidas, Facu. The first one, how is it a country of 3.5 million people produces so many footballers? ¿Cómo es que un país de 3.5 millones de habitantes produce o fabrica tanto futbolista? Es la primera. Sí, no, la verdad que es algo increíble que, que creo que todo el mundo pregunta lo mismo, cómo Uruguay saca muchísimos jugadores. Eh, y nada, yo creo que la base es que en Uruguay el único deporte que que es base de todo, es el fútbol, vos vas a una escuela y en el recreo jugás al fútbol, salís de la escuela con tus amigos jugás al fútbol en la calle, eh, en un campito, te vas a entrenar al equipo, volvés del equipo y seguís jugando al fútbol, eso creo que es un poco la base de todo, que es, la vida es el fútbol, eh, en Uruguay nos encanta, es una pasión hermosa, eh, y creo que eso es el deporte principal que hay en Uruguay y, y la gente lo hace con, con mucho amor, para mucha diversión, para los niños, todo. He says it's incredible that the whole world, Herc, asks the same question. So you're not uh, original there. He says it's the only sport really played in Uruguay. You go to schools, the kids are playing it at recess. After school, they're playing it in the streets. Then they're off to training to practice with their teams. He says that kind of obsession with the game, everybody playing is the, uh, the base of it all. He says, la vida es fútbol. No, uh, life is uh, football. Finally, Herc, uh, last question for our man here before we let him go. Go ahead. Última pregunta. Have you been at Disney? Ya fuiste a Disney. Sí, una vez, sí, sí. Cuando recién llegué, eh, con mi familia fuimos a visitar ahí. Pero una vez sola nomás, todavía no hemos ido a Universal, nada de eso. Eh, nada, estoy un poco concentrado en lo que es el fútbol y, y hemos ido, sí, una vez a Disney, pero pero está. All right, so it sounds like he's been to Disney once. But there's a lot more of the Disney universe that he wants to see. Look at her, company man, getting the Disney shout out in here on ESPN Orlando, Plus baby. and Football Americas. All right, that's Facundo Torres. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good, like, uh, good luck on Wednesday night with Orlando City in the Open Cup final. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, so we've covered both sides of the Open Cup final then as we take a look at the history of teams from Florida in the U.S. Open Cup. And, and how could we forget the St. Petersburg kickers and their oh, famous yeah. run 
way back in 1989. I wonder what the uh, odds for a doblete on Orlando are. Speaking of odds, time for Book It as we look ahead to the Open Cup final on Wednesday. Herc, I know you've been looking through all the uh, the parlays and all the potential money-making bets. What are you taking out there in Los Angeles ahead of this Open Cup final? All right, chances are, really high chances, that it's Orlando City lifting a trophy at home. It's Boo. a Major League Soccer team. It's a David and Goliath Boo this story. Man. Boo. But they're, they're minus 195. and that, that's that, I'm not going to waste that type of money. This is a betting segment. I want to make some people some money. So what if I give you a bet? It's plus 650. It's a mm. double chance parlay, okay? It's if Sacramento ties, okay? You can tie this game and under 1.5. So you get tie or Sacramento at 1.5 and under. Mm. Mm. The game could go 0-0 to penalty kicks, and that's most likely how Sacramento would win if they could win, or a 1-0 win, mm. or Sacramento just wins. I like mm. this. It's plus 650. It's a flyer, but it's a well-playing flyer. So I'm going to go with this one. I didn't mean to undercut yours. Yours is a little boring. Mine is a little bit more zest. But <laughs> I just love to go this. first. I love this pick because I was worried that you were gonna, you were just going to do the safe play as you as you frequently do here on Book It. You were just going to take the easy money and take, take Orlando, may, maybe make a big bet and, and cash in there. I love that you've gone for this because, one, it sounds like a very – you know, probable way that Sacramento could win, yeah. right? They could they could go 0-0, maybe they win in penalties, or or maybe it's one nothing and they get it done there. Uh, it also makes a lot of sense, right? It's like most finals. You don't expect there to be a lot of goals. Is that kind of what you expect? You think the approach from both teams will be pretty cautious come, come Wednesday night? For Sacramento, for sure. I, I, Faku won't say it, but Orlando is obligated. This is the home team, a Major mm. League Soccer first division team at home in front of their mm. people, in front of the, in their own stadium, so they should lift the trophy. And we've seen Sacramento, too. They, they don't mind grinding out a result, as they've proven time and time again in the Open Cup. All right, my pick is a little bit more direct. I'm taking Sacramento Republic to win the U.S. Open Cup straight up, Herc, over 90 minutes. Forget extra time. Forget penalties. Sacramento Republic does not need it. It's paying out here at what? At plus 450. They've already beaten a ton of MLS teams to get to this point, and I think they get it done against Orlando City. Herc, what do you think about those odds? Plus 450, is that about right for you? No, I, I thought it'd be greater odds if I'm being honest, because even mm. when they did advance uh, against Kansas City, it was in penalty kicks. So straight up 90 minutes, I thought it should have been higher. Better paying odds for you. Yes, I would have liked some better paying odds as well, but you know, it's everybody's second favorite team. So they're going to be a uh, Football America's second favorite team as well. And we will be in Orlando, in there amongst the uh, sellout crowd for the U.S. Open Cup Final Wednesday. Coverage starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN+. And then Football Americas will be live from there at Exploria Stadium in the aftermath, covering either an Orlando City first trophy in club history or Sacramento Republic making all sorts of history and winning the U.S. Open Cup. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Leeds fans, Herc, remixing uh, Estelle and Kanye West's big hit there in shine of respect for Brendan Aronson. Now, that was the good news. The bad news is uh, for Aronson, Tyler Adams, and Jesse Marsh. 
Leeds United lost 5-2 against Brentford, Herc. They're still ninth in the table, though. Uh, yeah, man, but they keep giving up these early leads, and then they got to chase the game, and then they, their center backs are in isolation by themselves. Llorente and Coach, they're, they're not good in transition, and they just keep getting burned. Elsewhere, Josie Altidore, his 200th goal of his club career. It comes in a 1-1 draw for Puebla against Querétaro. MLS, La Liga, Premier League, Eredivisie, Liga MX, U.S. Men's National Team. He's one of the greatest forwards the United States has ever produced. And this man's gonna have a career in whatever he wants after. Look at that resume and look, 200th right there against Querétaro. 200, still scoring goals down there in Liga MX for Puebla. Josie Altidore. Speaking of U.S. number nines, Josh Sargent with a goal and an assist as Norwich beat Coventry City 3-0 in the championship over the weekend. Herky now has five goals on the season. Yeah, everybody thought Timo Pukki coming back at the nine was going to relegate Josh Sargent to the wing spot, and it did, but he found another way to score. That's five goals, one assist. He's the second in the championship in goals scored. And of course, where can you watch the championship? You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Get all your Norwich City action, all your Josh Sargent needs right here on ESPN Plus. Also on ESPN Plus, La Liga. Yunus Musa with a couple assists for Valencia and a 5-1 win over Getafe, Herc. Yeah, this was almost a half no look right there. The finish is ridiculous, but the little delicate touch. This is what he does best. In tight quarters, it's getting in and out of pressure. He progresses the ball so well, but he's adding that vision to it. Second assist. And Valencia routes Getafe 5-0. Yeah, big win for them after back-to-back -back defeats. He went the full 90 as uh, Valencia with the three points there go to 10th in the table. And Greg Berhalter in attendance to watch him play as well, Herc. All right, so it brings us to a question that seems to have been percolating over the last couple weeks on social media, and that is who will be the United States breakout star at the World Cup in Qatar? A lot of people think it will be Yunus Musa. Do you agree? He's definitely one of the choices. Uh, Yunus Musin, I've said it before, his issue has been being productive because he's such a good ball progressor from the midfield, from the defensive midfield line to that final third. He's so good at driving the ball. But he's not been very productive. Goals are an assist. And to that right there point, this is his third season in La Liga, and he was playing as a winger before, now in a central position with Gennaro Gattuso in Valencia. And he got his first assist in his La Liga career. First two assists. So that's three seasons it took him to get one assist. It goes to show you how he's getting better at that. He's, he's turning into that player we all think could be and very well could be the breakout player. But you're going off a ceiling. You're going off of what he's showing you. All right, mm. well, I want to go off what I've seen and with a little bit of ceiling. Uh, I've got two guys in that picture and that argument that are raising their hand as well. Uh, the first would be... Mr. Football Americas, a.k.a. Mr. Run It Back, Brendan Aronson, who mm. is hot right now, started off hot in Austria, went hot with the U.S. Men's National Team, and just is a gamer. He's a guy that's opening eyes. He's not a very flashy player, but he proves his worth every time he's on the field. And come World Cup time, I think that's a player that's going to turn many heads. And the other one is because of ceiling. But because also what he's shown us, it's Giovanni Reina. Uh, there mm. is no player in the U.S. men's national team pool with a higher ceiling than Gio Reina. When healthy, when he's fit, when he's on the field, it's just pure magic. It's a joy to watch. It, you're, you're fixated on this player. And if he's playing and he's healthy for the U.S. men's national team in Qatar, I think that's a breakout star. Un uh, star excuse me, Yunus Musa is going to be a very good player. Breakout star at the World Cup? I don't know. Can he be? Absolutely. But if I was betting money, my money would be on probably Brendan Aronson and Giovanni Reina. Sure. Depends on how we define breakout, right? But I think it's important to note that like, you could probably apply this to most of the U.S. team. Most of this U.S. team has not broken through, certainly not at like a global level yet. So pretty much everybody that's in that starting 11, I think, could be technically a breakout star at the upcoming World Cup, especially we consider the fact that the U.S., wasn't at the last World Cup. I I've got Gio Reyna on my list as well as other guys. I've got Anthony Robinson on my list. I feel like he's going to get tested in that group phase game. We know he's going to be, you know, health, if his health stays, stays where it is right now. And I know he's got a, a little ankle injury that he picked up over the weekend. But if that's not that serious, he's going to be a guy out there on an island that's tested against good players. You do well in a World Cup. I could, see, I could see his stock rising rapidly. But I do think Yunus Musa is poised to be the breakout star, Herc. There's, there's two things for me with Musa. He's so important in the midfield because I feel like, and I wonder if you'll agree with me here, 
that the drop from him to the next group of guys is pretty serious, right? In terms of depth, even if it's a Luca Della Torre, a Kellen Acosta, I, I think there's a pretty big drop off from the level we're seeing now. Progression, with, I would agree. With Musa, and the other thing is. In terms of just the, the roster overall, he has to go in the books as Greg Berhalter's biggest dual nat win, right? Not just with how he's playing right now, but with all the other options that this kid had and the reality of how far down the English pipeline he was, what Greg Berhalter was able to do to make this kid a U.S. player, I'm telling you, that is a huge, huge W for Berhalter. Yeah, him and Serginho Dest are probably the two flagship players that he's had. Absolutely. All right, so there it is. Uh, when will we see Yunus Musa next? Potentially on Saturday as Valencia face off against Rayo Vallecano. That one, 8 a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters. Going to have to get up early to see Yunus Musa and Valencia against Rayo Vallecano on ESPN+. All right, let's turn our attention to Liga MX. Club América and Tigres playing over the weekend. The Estadio Azteca, brilliant start for América. Cabecita, Rodriguez scoring, what, one minute into the game? Not even a minute hurt. Yeah, it's uh, Brazil of the 70s, apparently, against Tigres uh, in the opening goal. <laughs> I mean, what was Quinones doing? Just walking there and then, uh-oh, a little ball watching right there from Lira. Uh, look, Mr. Andre Pierre Juniago will take care of that. Yes, if there's a guy you don't want to get caught ball watching against, it's Gignac. He makes it 1-1 in the ninth minute. Some controversy here. Some people thought Alejandro Zendeja should have been sent off. Herc, what did you think? Yeah, I thought the extortionist was lucky right there. Um, accidental or not, you still made contact. But either way, you know, either way. Either way, either way, he stays on the field and it leads to this. Eventually an own goal for Igor Lishnovsky. But what a play from Zendejas. You could see why FMF wanted to force him before he got on a bus to sign that agreement. He's one of the best players in Liga Mekis right now. So America, then two on winners over Tigres. America have won seven in a row in Liga Mekis play. Tigres, by the way, with just one win in their last six in league play. So, Herc, is it something, nothing, or everything, this result? I, I guess I'll let you start from the Tigres perspective. No, I mean, I can go Tigres or America if you want me to go America, and it includes Tigres, I will do that right now. It is something in general. Why is it something? Well, Tigres usually loses to America. At least they have the last seven times they've played them. Uh, and America's on a what? Eight-game winning streak, or will be on an eight-game winning streak right now. It's the Ooh. hottest team in Liga Amequis. But what happens after regular season? Why it can't be everything? Because this America team, they're not playing for regular season goals. They're playing for mm. postseason goals. They're playing for postseason glory. Lifting a trophy. And when it comes to Liguilla, in the last two Liguillas, they've been one and done. With teams that have had results, if not better, than what's going on right now. I mind you, Solari's team was a historic team in a calendar year. Both seasons, mm. they did very, very well in the regular season. One and done in playoffs. And when we look at Tigres playing against America in Liguilla, that gets skewed to Tigres' favor. That why, that's why it can't be everything. But we have to admit, the reason it is something, it's the way they beat Tigres. And say mm. what you will about Tigres, that they've not won in a while, that Tigres is getting older, what you will. They played over Tigres. They ran over Tigres. They possessed over Tigres. They were better. It's the brand in which they won with that is hurting people, that is hurting play or coaches like Miguel Herrera. But it ultimately comes down to this. Can you lift that trophy? And when you look at the record between the two, look where it gets skewed. Liga mm -hmm. Mekis, Liga wins. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you're downplaying, that you're pumping the handbrake on a, on a big America Didn't win. Downplay. Certainly not. Another big America win over Tigres. Seven times in a row uh, that's that happened. From a Tigres perspective, how, how worried are you about that team and its postseason chances now? Because uh, as I mentioned, there have been some struggles. We've seen, what, three draws in a row before this defeat. I mean, they're not the same Tigres that we've seen in the past. We have seen Tigres in the past turn it on from regular season to postseason. Does this group have that in them? You know what worries me? You fired Tuca Ferretti because you wanted a manager that was more offensive, more proactive in the final third. You have the last two Golden Boot winners in El Diente Lopez and Andre Pierre Gignac, and you have one of the worst offensive teams in Liga Mekis. A very good defensive team, but you already had that with Duca Ferretti. Why let go of Duca Ferretti? Why bring in Piojo Herrera 
And we're getting more of the same. And by the way, mind you, that was just a narrative when Tuca Ferretti was there because his teams were actually very offensive. So if you're Miguel Herrera, where is that? And that's what worries me. You've got all this offensive firepower, but for whatever reason, it doesn't click. It doesn't generate in the final third this season. All right, so let's uh, check out then the table in Liga MX as we've got about two-thirds of the season in the books. And there you have it, América tied with Monterrey for the number one spot, but uh, Las Aguilas do have a game in hand. And of course, as you know, down in Mexico, the top four are into the quarterfinals automatically, five through 12 into the so-called repechaje or play-in game to see who gets those quarterfinal spots. All right, Herc, let's run it back. Some Mexican internationals abroad. Some Canadian internationals as well. We'll start with Orbelin Pineda, his second goal with Athens. Loving life under Matias Almeida. Two goals and an assist in his first three games in European Greek football. It is a banger, as the producer said. Heating up! Heating up, heating up, heating up. Not a bad time for a Mexican player in the attacking third to start to find goals. I'm just saying, good stuff from Orbelin. All right, Canadian players finding goals. Jonathan David with a brace, his second of the season. Wonder if he's uh, disappointed not moving during the transfer window. Well, that's six goal involvements in the last six games. Four goals, two assists. Word is Leeds and Everton came barking up his tree before the transfer window ended. And uh, he said, no, thank you. Looking for bigger and better. All right. Four goals so far on the season for Jonathan David, who is once again off to a fast start in the French top flight. More Canadian exports. Steven Eustachio, the ex-Cruz Azul man, with two assists in a FC Porto win over the weekend. Yeah, man on the match versus Gil Vicente. This is a player that was given his first start of the season. Definitely takes advantage of it. Eustachio, two assists. For none other than Porto, you talk about players heating up at the right time, a few Canadians getting on there, doing their thing. So run it back is definitely the part of the show where we like looking for the video. The part of the show where we hate looking for the video is this, our injury watch segment, which feels like we're going to have to make this a, a regular part of the show. Juki Lozano subbed off after a uh, head face injury playing for Napoli over the weekend. Herc, scary stuff. He's now a doubt against Liverpool in the Champions League. Yeah, scary stuff for sure. Hopefully he's okay. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I feel like we've has, had this discussion before. It, it feels like Chucky Lozano constantly gets himself into this situation. Chucky Lozano, they're uh, out for Napoli. We'll see uh, how quickly he recovers. Speaking of quick recoveries, we hope there's one Coming for Anthony Robinson, he left Fulham's match with an ankle injury in the 29th minute. Yeah, this is a player for the U.S. men's national team that is probably one of the players you don't want to lose just because you don't have a replacement. There is nobody who's really cemented themselves in that conversation with Anthony Robinson. And more injury news for the U.S. Jordan Pifok missing the game against Bayern Munich as coach calling it a muscular injury. They are expecting a return soon, potentially sometime in the next week. If not for their midweek fixture, then for the weekend. So hopefully Jordan Pifok not out too long with a muscular injury for Union Berlin. And coming up on ESPN Plus, we've got more from the Dutch top flight. Pioneer, home of Santiago Jimenez against Sparta Rotterdam. That one Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Dutch Top Flight, the Eredivisie, also available for you here on ESPN+. Campeones Cup coming up next week. New York City FC hosting Atlas, the champions of MLS against the champions of Liga MX. That one on Wednesday on ESPN2 and Football Americas will be there covering that game after the match as well. Should be very exciting. We will also be live in Orlando on Wednesday for the post game of Orlando City and Sacramento Republic. You know me, I'm going to be rocking my maroon for Sacramento Republic. Herc, have you packed your purple so you can uh, make some friends there in Orlando? People of Orlando love me, especially the little kids. Uh, <laughs> let me know if I need to pack any uh, long pants or long just shorts. pants? Okay. You know. Okay. I don't want to oh. wear capri pants. I mean, what, what distance or what level of pants should I wear? Shorts, yes. capris. Don't worry. Mine will be, mine'll be from the, uh, youth, the youth collection. Uh, so a bit of news that broke uh, just earlier today. Houston Dynamo have fired manager Paolo Nagamura. So uh, there we, we have go, yet another coaching Don't even casualty. give him a whole season. 
Wow, not even go. a whole season. Efecto HH there, huh? Efecto HH. All right, so that's it for us with. here on Football Americas. We will be back on Wednesday, not Thursday this week, Wednesday night after the U.S. Open Cup final right here on ESPN+. Let's go, Plus. Orlando! I'll we'll see, see you there! Then. We'll see you in Orlando.